Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode with Naked and Inside Out. Before I release the latest episode, um, which I'm really excited about, um, which is with Sarah Mann, which I actually recorded at Google Mountain View when I was um, vacationing in California as part of International Podcast Day. But first, I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about the current events of this election. I typically don't discuss politics or really post to social media about it. In general, I don't often post on Facebook. But now that I think about it, um, I actually came out on Facebook. Two years ago, I decided that it was important for the world to know that I was gay. And at the time, I thought instead of, you know, texting everyone, calling everyone, seeing everyone in person, having to constantly be repeating this over and over again, that Facebook could be that channel that I share with my family and friends and colleagues that I am gay and something that I struggled with for quite some time. And now I'm out and now I'm proud and you know, support me. And what's been interesting for me is that Facebook has been really enlightening for me during this election. And the other day I did post a comment that may have been somewhat ignorant of me. It was something along the lines of, if you voted for Trump, please do us both a favor and remove me from your life in all aspects. I, you know, um, this is a hard topic for me and it's something that, you know, I do understand that everyone has their own, you know, right to choose and elect who they want. But I also care to know more about this. So back to the Facebook post. I didn't go on for about two days and I went back on. And my, you know, the the status had so many comments back and forth of people arguing their points and, um, you know, questioning me and all, all, you know, just so much. And I, I honestly, I didn't even read through the whole thing because, I mean, a part of me, I think, eventually will. It's just in that moment, I just couldn't. Um, I just couldn't believe how much hatred was already on my wall between people that don't even know each other um, based on just something that I've said. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was just, you know, really shocking to me. So I feel like Facebook has almost become this place that, you know, at one time Facebook was this place to be connected, right? Or to stay in touch with people. And it's become more of this platform that's become a battleground in sharing our point of views and seeing how different or how different our views are um, and like how people react to that. So again, like there's, there's a lot that I most likely will not understand for quite some time. Um, how we, the American people could elect someone that doesn't even respect basic human rights and, it's hard not to take it personally when I'm one, a woman, I'm two, a lesbian, and 
you know, the reason I started this podcast was to create awareness and to promote acceptance of individuals of all kinds. In this case, more specifically LGBT, because it's what resonates with me mostly. That's the quote unquote bucket I fall under. Um, you know, it's hard not to take this personally or be upset or to feel like we're going in reverse instead of growing together to really make America a more accepting and understanding place. This also brings up uh, another point to me about how truthful social media and the internet are today. I mean, you could be on the internet in seconds posting anything you want and you know, how it's perceived and how it's articulated through different channels. Um, you know, it could easily be manipulative. It could easily be convincing. I mean, people believe what they want to believe, right? You know, so it's, you know, where, where are we getting this content and this news and how truthful and resourceful is it? And this actually reminded me of um, when I was at Lesbian Sutek this past year. And I remember Janissa Gabriel of Black Lives Matter giving an example, and this is one example that she gave about while the protests were going on um, for Oscar Grant's death, the city of Oakland actually shut down the internet so that no one could use social media or their phones to communicate with each other. And what's scary is this is only one example. This is one example. And I mean, this just goes back to just question everything you're being told, but also pay attention and be observant, right? And I think it also reiterates the importance of grassroots organizing. Um, Janissa even referenced something as simple as a printer, so you can make, you know, print, you know, print things out and hand out flyers and post things and make sure it's being physically put into the public's hands. With all this said, I'd love for whoever would like to shed light on me on this topic, on your decisions, on your feelings. I want to know how this is affecting you, how you're coping. What is your plan of action moving forward? What resources are you using? Is there anything that has been helpful to help you understand this unfortunate time? And more importantly, what can we do together to create change? Feel free to email me at hello at nakedandinsideout.com. You can tweet or DM me at naked underscore inside out on Twitter. Or you can call me and leave a voicemail at 917-818-0097. As always, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And, you know, let me know if you kind of like this little um, intro before each episode, kind of like what's going on with the current times and maybe kind of checking in before each episode if you're liking that direction. All right. On to our latest episode. I'm really excited to say that we're on site today at Google Mountain View. I'm here thanking Ty, my friend. He reached out to a bunch of gaglers, which are Googlers that are gay, which I think is a very interesting term. I would love to know who coined that term, by the way. Um, I'd love to too. I don't know. <laughs>
<laughs> so today I'm here with us. Sorry, man. Okay, perfect. Why don't you tell our guests a little bit about yourself? kind of get started from there. Sure, sure. So my name is Sarum and I've been at Google for a year and a half now and I work here as a product manager. I've been in California and the Bay Area for around eight years now and uh, before that I was in Michigan for a little bit but uh, originally I was born and uh, raised in India where I was uh, to the age of 21 and you know right after completing my education in India I decided to come to the US to pursue higher education and, and I've been here since. And uh, I never really had a chance to come out of India. It wasn't even something that was on my mind. But, you know, after coming out to California, and, you know, uh, that's, that's when I kind of started uh, even thinking about uh, this stuff. And then this is where it all happened. And I feel like I say that I was born and raised in India, but I did a lot of growing up here in California. That's interesting. That's an interesting way to term it, right? Yeah. You, you did a lot of growing up here in California. Did you know, though, when... I never 100% knew, right? Like, I feel like I was always on this fence. Like, I didn't know. I was like, oh, I'm confused and this and that. And I would try to reach out to people sort of that I thought were also gay or like, you know, like, how do you do this? Like, how do you make sure that no one hates you or that you have a support system after you do come out, right? So did you always kind of know in India and you were sort of just afraid and you feel like when you got here, you were able to be more open about it or? So, yes, I... I Always, uh, I mean, you always know, right? But I didn't know what it meant, or I didn't have a label to attach to it. Um, I mean, back in school, also, I had, uh, there were guys I had crushes on, but, you know, we were just um, I was a big fan of them, you know? So there were other ways of expressing what you would call affection. Mm. But it was around in college, still, I was in India, was when, you know, I started realizing what this meant, and I think that was the first time I was aware that, uh, you know, there is something called gay and, you know, that's who I am. And the first time I associated myself with that term. Um, but I still didn't feel the urge or the need to come out and I didn't think it would really have much consequence or, you know, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't a big uh, distraction or in, in what I was trying to do at the time. I was just really focused on, you know, my education and that, that's all I cared about at the time. But after coming out here and then finding a job and, you know, you know, going through, like, having a lot more time on my hands, then that's when, like, you know, my thoughts start to wonder, okay, you know, what does this really mean? And then and I think that's when I truly sort of realized that, okay, uh, uh, you know, I really am gay and I have a choice. Uh, should I own up to it or, you know, the other choice? And, you know, I know a lot of people make that and they have their reasons and I came to me as well, it came, came up in my mind as well that do I want to own up to it or do I want to, you know, just not own up to it and just keep pretending. And, and I think that's that's how the whole thing. Yeah. I wonder, growing up in India, right, like I'm, I'm sure it's looked down upon, right? And it's something that you learn that is like, quote unquote, wrong, right? Actually, no. it wasn't even, uh, it wasn't even a... Uh, Word gay, at least where I was from when I was growing up, it, it, I hadn't even heard the term gay or that uh, two guys could be interested in each other or two girls could be interested in each other. I mean, I'm sure it was there, but it just was completely foreign to me. And so when I liked guys, I just assumed that, you know, uh, I remember when I was in, I was uh, 14, I was this letter 
God I was really interested in actually in school and was an all-boys school and I sent him a card saying I love you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, you 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 fell you fall quickly, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, not a fall, fall. Yeah, but you know, I, it was sort of a mini scandal, but everybody dismissed it, saying that oh, it's just shenanigans, and um, you know, like I said, the term everybody used, and I and I kind of like you know thought that okay, maybe I'm just a big fan of that guy. I didn't really realize what was going on at the time, so. It wasn't looked down upon. I wasn't. It was like it, it didn't exist. It was like you know I hadn't even heard of such a thing. Oh wow, that's yeah. even more interesting. So you just didn't. You didn't even. You just knew female and male yeah. essentially could be together or whatever from yeah. what you were seeing around you. Yeah. 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 I mean, because I have some friends. One of which is still in the closet, and he is from India, and it is something for him that is very very hard because it's like I guess the way he was raised or brought up mm-hmm. through his family religious reasons. And culturally, right, it, it's something that is very, very hard for him. So it's kind of interesting to see, like, a different perspective of that. So who did you come out to? Well, I think the most difficult thing was to come out to myself. Uh, really? Uh, because, again, I mean, I think at some level you always know, but, uh, you know, when I was of an age and, you know, I come from a very traditional family too, they were like, okay, you have a job, now you've completed your education, you're supposed to get married next. And that's when I asked myself the question that, you know, this is something real, it will have real consequence to my life. Uh, do I want to come out or, uh, or like, I want to just keep living? living yeah, kind of just blend in, right? Just blend yeah. in and, you know, just pretend that everything is, I mean, I'm basically just disbanded, yeah. So I think that that was the most difficult thing to do, uh, to come out to myself. Um, so I, the first person I came up was to myself when I like actually said out loud in my mind that yes, I'm gay. Was it hard for you to say the words? It, it was a little bit of struggle, yeah, because not because of everything it would mean. Uh, you know, I, I had no idea. I grew up like always knowing what the next thing to do is. After I complete my school, I'm supposed to go to college. After I do my college, I wanted to apply to US. After US, I know I have to get a job. After a job, I have to get married. But then all of a sudden, that you know, change the no plans. Clear, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was no clear yeah. path, and um, coming up, coming out to myself, it was obvious that I'll have to talk to some people about it who probably wouldn't take it very well. So, so it was very difficult in that sense because I was uh, heading into very uncharted territory. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, I, I I took some counseling and it helped. Uh, yeah, the reason I asked, well, the reason I asked that was for me, even now, it's easier for me to say that I'm gay versus I'm a lesbian. Huh. And I don't know why. And I don't know if there's just this stigma around the word. I don't know if it's just something that, like, internally with me, I just can't accept. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure what it is quite yet. But it's interesting. And, like, two years ago, I fully, like, came out to everyone, sure. work, you know, like, the entire world now knows. And I obviously have a podcast, and so now everyone knows that I'm gay. Um, but, you know, for me, it was something that I never was 100% sure of, so it was hard to sort of have that conversation with the closest people to me, because, you know what I mean? Like, I, I first kind of came out as bi, which, it, it's harder on people because they don't fully understand it, or they hope that one day you'll end up with a man versus, you know, whatever the traditional sort of route is for your sex, quote yeah. unquote. So that's why I asked that, because even till this day, I catch myself. I'm like, well, why do I always say, oh, yeah, I'm gay versus I'm a lesbian? Like, even now, it, like, feels weird to say that. And it's like, but for the past probably seven years, all I've dated has been women. So it's, 
It's a very interesting thing. But for you, obviously, you're out at work here, right? And I'm assuming at a company like Google, I think it's interesting that they have these sort of bigger groups. Because for me, I mean, I work at an agency, so it's a smaller setting. Like, there's not... I mean, there's probably maybe three other gay people that work with me, and I'm not even 100% sure because I only know that one of them is out. Do you know what I'm saying? So how is it sort of like, I don't know how involved you are with LGBT things here at Google. If you are, do tell us. But is there a sense of like, I feel like for me, there'd be a sense of comfort. Like, yeah, I can go to work every day, and there's like this group that I can kind of be a part of. I try to attend all the gay events. I haven't participated in a lot. I probably should. Yeah. I mean, and then, like, you know, helping set them up. It, it does, you know, I think it's very helpful to have a larger gayler ERG community because you don't feel like you're an outlier. And a lot of times there is frequent email exchange on the gayler email list or community online discussion. And, you know, it, it keeps reinforcing that you, there really is a community around, uh, you know, around you, um, and and you you are not you're not someone, you know, you don't feel alone, like you have people out there who are just like you, and they're also doing the same stuff just like exactly. You. So I I think it's just it helps because it, you know you feel like you belong. Yeah, exactly. Um, like because this is, well, this is exactly why I'm bringing this up because. I was at um, Lesbians Who Tech, is this conference that Liam Pittsburgh puts on um, twice a year in San Francisco and New York. And I was at the New York one, I believe, last weekend. I can't remember right now because my, my life is like a blur, but I believe it was last weekend. And what was interesting to me there is I met a bunch of people from Mapbox. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, like the group that keep me, obviously not everyone at Mapbox is gay, okay? But a large amount of them yeah. work. And I'm like, that's really interesting to me because I'm usually the only one. Like, I I worked at a tech startup with basically all men, Mm -hmm. and they would just assume that I was straight. So they would just like, oh, you know, do you have a boyfriend? And I'm like, no. And if I didn't have a girlfriend, like, I obviously wouldn't correct them, but I'm not going to be like, oh, no, I'm gay. And then when I did actually tell them, they're like, yeah, right. And I'm like, why would I make that up? What are you talking about? And they're like, girls always say that when they're getting hit on by a guy that they don't want to be with. And I'm just like... Ah, you know, like, I'm, like, back to square one type of thing. And it's just been this interesting thing, right, where it's, like, I've been in even larger organizations, right? But there, I've never been, had the opportunity, or maybe I just didn't know that an ERG existed or a larger group existed, whether there are these events going on or, you know, maybe just getting lunch with someone or grabbing a coffee. And, like, I work in UX. Maybe it's go talking to a developer that's also gay and also doing, like, and just, like, finding other like-minded people. Not that I wouldn't talk to everybody else in the organization, but it's nice to know that you're not the only person. Right. And, and, you know, just even little things like someone, someday someone from Googlers, I mean, Googlers list will just send out an email saying, hey, how about, you know, let's, uh, it doesn't happen very often, but once in a while it does, hey, let's meet up at this place, all of us, and, you know, we have a place to socialize, or there are, you know, LA, it's life cycle, you know, I know there are a lot of people from Google who participated together as a team, so, so it's, it's just a very easy way to meet people, uh, you know, like-minded people in your workplace. And, you know, that's that's not always very yeah. common, especially if you are. I don't know how to explain it, but it, 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 like bigger companies maybe have that flexibility to have, you know, that openness of it, but there are other organizations that feel like it's almost like this hidden thing. Yeah. And you just feel like almost like an outsider. Like, even though you're supposed to feel like part of, a, a, you know, you're supposed to feel as part of an entire workplace or as part of a community, but then even just being around other people that are very similar to you and been through similar, like, struggles as you have. 
but some companies kind of like maybe they're just not LGBT friendly companies. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of you know, yeah. So far, my experience has been that uh, Gigglers has been a very uh, has a very visible presence inside Google, and that's helpful because I think it helps change the uh, you know overall conversation. And you know, people people know that their colleagues can be gay. Uh, it's not outside the you know possible realm of possibilities, and you don't get asked questions like how come you're not married? Or, yeah. How come you don't have girlfriend or boyfriend in your case? Um, because I have that had. Have had that happen to me in my previous company. I wasn't out, and um, after you, you know, it's it's not exactly you're lying, but after you know, when people just resume and, and then you just never bother to correct them. hundred percent agree with you on that. And then you just go along, and then it's it's just a very awkward conversation. You know, it's funny that you say that because I feel like I would always use um, non-specific pronouns. Yeah. So like, oh, I'm hanging out with them, like to maybe get people that. to think. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, well, what's his name? I'm like, no. And I'm like, maybe this is just, I need to just say, you know, like, I need to just toughen up and just be like, but it's it's also weird at work. Like, I feel like I always viewed my professional career as my professional career. And I have to be serious and I have to, no one needs to know my personal life. Which I, I guess I'm still like that in a little bit of ways, but I won't deny it either. Like, I'm not running around with a, you right. know, screaming like, yes, I'm gay, everyone, you must respect me. But in the same way, if someone's like, oh, are you dating someone? And if I'm dating someone, I'm going to say, yes, she's a female or yeah. this is her yeah. name. Um, I'm not going to hide it. Or, or just being able to say, hey, maybe you're on the weekend or I was up in my boyfriend. You know, yes, you can, you can, you can still be whoever you are at work without actually having it affect, you know, what you do. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to talk, well, actually, before we talk about um, what you do here at Google, when you first moved, I, I noticed that you kind of, like, moved all around, right? And I think that's, like, an interesting journey, and you settled here in San Francisco. Was that, like, a really big risk for you? And from when you finished your schooling to yeah. where you are now, do you feel like you've had the support, sort of, that you needed, like, through your community or through people here? So, I was encouraged to pursue higher education from a very young age, and you know, at a very early age, I knew this is what I wanted to do. I had a lot of encouragement and support from my family to do this. So, uh, you know, just going from India to to US, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a very lonely or difficult experience for me. It, it was again something. It was an uncharted territory. It was something I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I didn't feel like I was out there by myself. Uh, that, that wasn't my experience. But again, you know, I was really focused on just trying to get somewhere. And uh, my overall identity wasn't a part of that journey. I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about it. Is this your thing? Yeah. So you were just focused, school, yeah. kind of get my career going. Yeah. What did you study um, in school? So I was, uh, uh, I studied engineering, electrical engineering, computer science. Awesome. So then how did you end up here today at Google? So actually, I, I didn't start out at Google. I was at another company and I was, how I ended up there was, you know, I was offered an internship there through my school in Michigan. Uh, they, came, they came out there looking for interns and I was lucky enough to, you know, get into one of the uh, positions. and. Uh, you know, it, it it went really well, and I liked the company, they liked me, and so it turned into a full-time job offer, and then I came came to California, and, you know, so that's, that's that was uh, in 2008, so so that's how I ended up here. Oh, wow, so you've been here a good amount of time. Yeah, yeah. 
No turning back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it here. It feels like home now. And, and in fact, it, it feels a little strange if I go back to India. Really? Yeah. And why is that? Oh, well, it's, I mean, I've been, um, I've been living in, in the U.S. since 2006, and um, India has changed a lot uh, since I've been here. And all my friends from my hometown are they, they're no longer there. They're all in different cities as well. And so when I go back, uh, the town itself has changed a lot. And there's, uh, other than my family, there's really no one there I, that I know. Uh, so, I, yeah, it just feels like a, you know, it doesn't seem like the, feel like the same place I grew up in. Interesting. So San Francisco feel like home to you? Yeah, California definitely. Bay Area definitely feels like home. It's very interesting in the Bay Area. I haven't been here since I was 15 years old. So for me, even coming to Google today, and I see, you know, all these people taking pictures next to the little Android guy and everyone on their, these yeah. Google bikes. Yeah. And I'm like, where am I right now? I feel like I'm somewhere. And like the, the you know, the cars that are driver, you know, without a person in it. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like I woke up in another world. Like, it's, yeah. it's kind of... You know, I mean, like, again, I work in UX, and, you know, they say, like, you know, Bay Area is supposed to be, yeah. you know, in terms of product design, and, you know, it's so innovative and pushing things forward, and then, like, literally in seconds, I'm, like, looking around, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm 10 years into the future. It's interesting, yeah, um, especially the bikes. I love the bikes. Yeah, right? They, they're painted all Google colors, and yeah. everyone's just, like, flying around the campus, and I'm like, what is happening? Like, and then I was saying to my friend Ty, I'm like... They trust people to just use these bikes. Yeah, I'm coming from New York, like, you know what I mean? And, and he's like, yeah, what do you mean? And they're, apparently they're also geolocated, so if they go missing, they can find them. And I'm oh, like, I didn't know that. Yeah. They are? Yeah. Okay. But, but what's awesome is that, like, it just seems like everyone's just very kind and sort of like, you know, do what you need to do, to, like, enjoy Google, um, enjoy California. And, you know, I don't know. It's just very different mentality. Day one, day one in California, changing perspectives already. So, what do you do here at Google, like on a day to day? So, I work in the uh, Chrome OS product area, um, and I uh, my role is product management. And what I do is, you know, Google owns the Chrome OS, uh, the the OS, uh, and all its features. But we work with a lot of external partners like HP, Dell, Lenovo, and you know, Asus, Acer, and shout out to all the partners out there. Yeah. Uh, so I work with them to make the Chromebooks happen. Uh, you know. Uh, I think our first Chromebook was released five years ago, but uh, it was it was just one Chromebook at the time. Now, if you go out and you uh, you know Google uh, Chromebook, uh, or if you go on Amazon and, and look for a Chromebook, you'll find at least twenty different options, and it's thanks to all these partners. So like, you're doing actual hardware, the uh, Chromebook. I, I do work with a lot of hardware, uh, but mm -hmm. I actually work on the overall Chromebook design. You know, ah. so I work with partners like uh, you know Asus and. HP, um, oh, you're saying so the operating system for the Chromebooks yeah, yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so cool. they design the you know the actual Chromebooks. So that's that's what I do. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. So, what are some things I guess that you do sort of in your spare time, or things that you find that I don't know? I mean, like we're all busy people, right? And we're all <laughs> very busy working and doing all these different things. But to kind of just like keep this type of like kind of work balance, so to speak. Yeah. What do you do to sort of like rejuvenate or you know get in touch with your inner self? I like I like going on um, long drives sometimes. Uh, you know, California is a great place to like just escape. And there are a lot of uh, different you, you uh, when you go down to Big Sur today, you can see some, yes. some of that. So I like just uh, driving around if I'm like you know feeling really exhausted, mentally exhausted by anything. I like doing that. Um, I, I like 
just exploring the city. San Francisco has been in Bay for quite a while, but you know, there's still so many places in the city that I haven't seen. Uh, so is Castro as amazing as everyone tells me? Yeah, Castro is amazing, <laughs> and you know, uh, Castro is amazing, and uh, Hayes Valley is amazing. Uh, Noi Noi Valley is pretty good too. Some uh, I mean, just different neighborhoods, and then you always come across these cute little shops that you've like never seen before, and you're like, oh, I always pass by here, I've never noticed it. Yeah. Uh, so there are a lot of things to do there. I try to, you know, go ski a lot in winters. It's hopefully it's snow a lot this year. Yeah. Um, I waste some time on Reddit. <laughs> And then, you know, try to plan many vacations, just get out. Yeah. There's been so much of that to do here, uh, Napa or Tahoe or, you know, just a uh, short drive to, uh, to Shasta or somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it seems like so accessible too. Like, that's the yeah. one thing I always, um, I mean, I don't live here, so I don't know, but I say, like, it just seems like it would be, I want to go away for the weekend yeah. and go into the mountains or if I want to go, it's just like you kind of hop in a car and you're yeah. there. If you want to go to wine country or whatever, right. it's like, you kind of have all these things at your fingertips. I mean, you can say that about anywhere, probably, but I just feel like it's much more beautiful here. I could be wrong, but um, yeah. But no, I think. I'm biased. Yeah, I mean, but but I also think like you know, even something for me that's challenging is kind of like this disconnecting aspect. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting for me when I'm in Big Sur for two days with um, no cell phone service and no internet connection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's an experience. It's beautiful and uh, yeah. Have you ever done like a digital detox? I have actually. Uh, uh, just last uh, couple of months ago, both of July, I decided to just uh, drive all the way up to uh, this place called Bridenbush Hot Springs. But that's up man, near Portland actually, and they don't allow any uh, any uh, kind of devices at all uh, that have connectivity. And they don't have any connectivity in there. So I was like there for just two days. I had no idea who was emailing me, who was trying to text me, which was very nice. So two days. Yeah. How was it? Uh, you know, I, I I was surprised. I didn't I didn't I, I mean I'm glad glued to my phone all the time, but I I didn't miss it at all. Actually, it was amazing. Yeah, it's funny. I I feel like sometimes <laughs> I've done one before for a month. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if I could do a month. And I was and it was like a big risk, obviously, because. I mean, for me, like, Twitter, I'll, like, access that every day just to get, like, my news or just, I don't know, like, look, Facebook, right? People no longer text me to go out. It's like they send you a Facebook event, which to me is, like, useless because they just text me, right? So that was the only thing. Like, I left literally, like, I just cut off all internet, all social media. But I did feel, a part of me felt like I was missing out on things, but I also found that I read a lot more. I found that I was, like, writing a lot more. I cooked a lot more. Like, kind of all these different things that I never have time to do. Yeah. Now I have time to do that because I wasn't sort of like, Yeah, it's amazing know. how much time just, you know, it eats up without, without you realizing. Exactly. But in the same way, it's also great because, I mean, even right now, we're doing a live stream podcast, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like these pros and cons of technology. It's really interesting. So where do you see your career going sort of like down the line or like say in the next five years? I think uh, I really, really, really like what I do right now. So if anything, you know, I would like to do more of what I'm doing right now. Hopefully still at Google. Yeah. Um, but you never know. You know, five years is a very long time, and uh, this is a very dynamic, fascinating uh, field. Are there any sort of like other areas like VR, AI, or any of these kind of like new technologies that are interested to be interesting to you? Yeah. Yeah. I think I if, if outside of personal computing, I if anything that interests me the most it would be IoT, Internet of Things, and you know that's another thing that I feel would be a really big thing within our lifetimes and 
I think you'll see a lot more of it uh, in the next five years than we have. I mean, there are already a lot of awesome products out there, right? Amazon Echo and uh, uh, Apple has its own HomeKit and Google has also announced some products. Uh, and I mean, my friends and even myself, I, we are already like to have go home, okay, Google, turn the lights on, Siri, turn the lights on. That's, a lot of that is already happening. And, and I find that, you know, it's, it's a, I can't even imagine what things are going to be like in 10 years from now. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, I think this is going to be a very interesting feel and I'm already getting used to it. The other day I was in my car and I was, I almost, you know, I didn't want the radio on. So I was almost about, I caught myself saying, okay, Google, radio off. And then I realized my car is not a smart car. Oh my god, because you got used to yeah, that. That's so funny. Oh my god. That's, I was thinking, you know, I'm like, like I was learning about this past weekend at that conference about um people like making organs basically to help people with diabetes. Basically they may be able to create certain organs to help people with certain diseases. And I'm like, this is incredible, the time that we live in. Yeah. And the fact that we can use this technology in such an innovative way, right, that you can possibly be saving, like, really saving lives. Yeah, yeah, artificial yeah. I think biotech is another very interesting field, but I don't know anything about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about it either. It's yeah. funny, though, you go to these conferences, or even just, like, you're online, like, Googling things, it's like you find out, like, another thing I learned at the at conference, which I thought was interesting, was about whale signals. <laughs> Apparently, whales have um, bigger brains than we do. Oh, well, Hopefully, yeah. I'm getting this correct. And... They apparently think that whales can speak a language and that that language can be reinterpreted back to sort of like English or like human language. You know, I think I read something similar. And it, it, supposedly it's going to help solve climate change. And I'm just like Maybe sitting did, in this yeah. room and I'm like, what? Like, so a whale, like a whale from the ocean is going to communicate to us. And we're going to, like, solve all these kind of, like, greater, yeah. you know, issues that we, you know, have today. Just, I don't know, it's, it's really, put it this way, the next 20 years is going to be a very exciting yeah. kind of place so. to see how things kind of grow through technology and just, like, even a society. Because for me, you know, I have this conversation on the podcast a lot about um, LGBT youth and them having a lot more support. Mm -hmm. or, or it seems like it's more accepted, right? Yeah. But... With that said, there are still those kids or people or even other people that are older. Like, I know people that didn't come out until their 40s, 50s, right? And they just didn't feel like they had that support system. And now it does seem like a lot better these days. It seems like a lot more parents are more accepting or understanding. Or they're like, oh, I knew you were gay. Haha. <laughs> like, you know. And I'm like, yeah, that, I didn't get that reaction. Um, so, so for me, yeah. you know, it's, it's a little different. But I think it's great. But I also... You know, there could be kids living in, I don't know, anywhere or like that don't feel they have that support or people that feel they don't have that support. So I'm just wondering, like, do you have any advice for, I don't know, anyone that's kind of just struggling today? And even if it's like a safety thing, like they feel like unsafe coming out or if they just feel like they don't have like family that's supportive or friends that will understand, like any advice that you would give to them? Um, um, Not a tough question at all. <laughs> you know, I... I think one thing that's helped me when like I'm feeling most down is just just keeping an eye toward the future. You, you know, you might not get there right away, but if you keep trying, I feel like you will eventually get there. Right? It, you know, it, you just have to keep that at the back of your mind. And if if you don't feel safe coming out, trust your gut and don't. 
especially if you're financially dependent or you or you or you're you know if you are fearing the retaliation verbal or, or physical then don't yeah and just keep doing what you're doing and you know one of the great things that I love about being at Google and you know talking to other gamers here and being in the barriers that what I found is that you know at the end of the day after you've come out and you know it's a wonderful feeling but you will still continue to do everything you will you will yeah. do so you will have your chance to come out but you know don't uh, don't let it affect other areas of your life and yeah that could be harmful to that you could be harmful to you that, that you know don't let it bring bring you down if you're not able to do it right away you know yeah. your safety should be first and keep 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 going on you know yeah no i completely agree with that because i find that you know, it's hard. It's like, you can give advice, oh, yeah, you know, do it, you'll feel great. It's like, it's not that simple, right? Yeah. And it depends on a lot of parameters. It could be like where you live, like where if you live, live right? you know, in, in a Syria, state. Syria, for example, there's so much just having images coming out, and obviously I wouldn't advise anyone there to come out. Yeah, and it's just like, and that's the thing. It's like, yes, things are getting better, but they can always be improved, right? It's like, this is going to be an ongoing struggle for anyone. I mean, anyone that isn't typically a white male, <laughs> I mean, and I know I'm a white female saying this, but it's a struggle. It's like you're always kind of different or, I mean, just being, you know, being female alone and then being a gay female. It's like, you know, it's like these different difficulties that not everyone goes through. And that's saying that you're not learning or growing from these experiences, but it's just something that you have to consider, or it's like, do I say this? And especially about like coming out in the workplace. And I find, I don't know if you find this as well, but you don't come out once. Yeah, yeah. You come out over and over and over again. You know, it's not like you come out once and then it's over. It's like, you know, I mean, not that you always have to, but the point is, it's like if you're meeting someone for the first time. People just assume. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like, well, you could pass. I'm like, okay, well, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah, that's another thing I've, I've come across that. You know, you're the same game. What is that supposed yeah, to mean? Like, yeah, like you have to dress a certain way or you have yeah. to like, be flamboyant or you have to manner or gesture a certain way. And I'm like, it's funny to me. I have this conversation a lot with coworkers or a lot of my straight friends, and it's so it's like this hard divide for me because they're like, I don't understand why people want to call attention to themselves or like be in these separate groups. And I'm like, no, 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 you're getting this all wrong. It's not that we want attention or why is Pride such a big deal? And I'm like, Pride is a big deal because that's the one day that people can go out and be themselves, where everybody else in the world can walk around and be themselves every day and no one's judging them or asking them if they're gay. Like, I don't walk around and ask people if they're straight. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Like, or I'm not looking at them like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you know, are you, you know, right? So it's, it's like it's, trying to counteract the, you know, the sense of shame that people are made to feel uh, for being just who they are. Yeah, exactly. And th- this is a conversation that I have often, actually. It's like, Sometimes I think it is good to have a group, like you have a community, and it's funny, we recently did a live podcast that we had a panel, and we talked a little bit about this, where it's great that you can have a community, right, and that I belong to this group, but there's even hate within the LGBT community. Certain people don't like trans people, certain, a lot of like lesbians or people don't like bi people because they're on the fence and they haven't decided, it's like, if we do have a community, let's be strong together because everybody else, not that they're against us, but they don't even understand it. Right, right. So think about the world in general not understanding it. Us having our own community and fighting within it, sort of battling it. That's that, yeah. Everyone comes in all shapes and sizes and different, like just because like bears or like whatever, like all these labels, it's like we're all going through the same thing. 
yeah. just differently because we're all different people. That's true. I, I, and, I, and I think it's not always possible to even, you know, understand who someone else is. And, and I think it's okay as long as, you know, you just respect that. Like, yeah, and just be mindful. And like... I, I totally and I get it if you don't understand what being gay is about or if you, if you don't exactly understand why someone feels like they are a woman if they are in a man's body. And, you know, you can you can make an honest attempt if you still don't understand at the end. You can at least, you know, respect. You yeah, are exactly, or try to understand. I feel like a lot of people will just be very ignorant about it. Like, well, I just don't get it. And that's great and everything. You don't get it. I don't get a lot of things either that have nothing to do with LGBT. You know what I mean? LGBT, yeah, like, I... Exactly. I think it's just another yeah. dimension to one's identity. I mean, a very important one, but at the end of the day, you know, it defines a person, but at the same time, it doesn't completely define them either. So exactly. it's good to be mindful of that. Like, I'm not just gay. Yeah. I'm also Janine. I'm still Janine. Whether being a girl, a guy, whoever, a dinosaur. Like, I mean, obviously not your day dating a dinosaur. But see T-Rex that I saw earlier. <laughs> oh, wait, wasn't the one on this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just this interesting thing, and I just hope that... I have hope for the world so to sort of come closer together and just be a little bit more accepting and sort of, I don't know, because I almost feel like now trans people have similar issues that gay people had like many years ago. You know, and it's like, how do we like stop this sort of, I mean, there's so many things and everyone's like, oh, why do you all need so many labels and why? And I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I don't know why because I even find it confusing. I don't really understand it. But I'm like, if that's how someone identifies, that's how they identify. And if that's what makes them feel good and makes them feel a part of something, it doesn't matter. You know them as the person that they are and not, oh, you know, this is so-and-so and they're genderqueer. It's just, that's Janine or that's Mary or that's George. And that's the thing. Like, part of the reason why I do this podcast and it's just like spreading that word or just, I would even love to hear from people that are almost on the opposite side of the spectrum and like, why do you think like that? And how can we be better at educating you? Or, like, it's just, it's just something that I think about a lot. But I guess with that said, like, what do you think about the LGBT community and, like, where it's going in terms of, like, all this stuff? And, like, do you have hope for it? Because I do. I mean, I, it's just, it's bigger to me than just LGBT. It's more just a thing of just humans being kinder to each other and more accepting and more understanding. And I think we can all do something powerful together. And it doesn't have to be segregated. It doesn't have to be, like, all white people or all Asian people are all lesbians and all bi it, yes we have those groups for our security and so we can relate to people but we can also all come to, together and do something great right i well I'm, I'm i think i'm in the same boat as you i have a lot of hope uh, for lgbt community in the u.s but i also hope you know i will see a lot more openness from from you know different communities toward LGBT people around the world. I have a lot of hope for, you know, LGBT people in India. I came out uh, of India a long time ago and I never had the chance to, you know, come out in India. Even when I came out to my parents, I did it here in San Francisco. And I have a lot of respect for people who, who, who do that, you know, out there because it's a lot more traditional environment. It's, it's not as friendly definitely as San Francisco. I have a lot of hope for, you know, people who are fighting the good fight there and everywhere else. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like internet and tools like podcasts and everything is definitely helping helping the process, you know? I mean, it's, it's bringing out the sheer stupidity of unnecessarily going into 
things that don't matter about people, right? Yeah. Like you said, they, oh, I don't get it. Well, you know, it's, it's fine if you don't get it. It does. It's not an excuse to make someone feel miserable about those Exactly. Things. Even if you don't get it, it's like try to understand it. Or then don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Golden rule, right? Yeah. Just, just leave them be. Yeah, like I remember when I first came out, many people would say to me, like, I just don't get it. Like, how do you have sex with another woman? And like... That's the first thing the jump do. Out of everything you could possibly say to me, that's the first thing you the think about. the first thing everybody thinks about. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> it tells a lot about our society. Two, it's like, use your freaking head. I just feel like it's a very ignorant thing to say. Like, I don't understand. How is it even possible? Like, and why are you even going there? I remember certain people are like, it's fine, I can accept you, but I can't think about you, like, in that way with somebody else. And I'm like, but why would you be thinking of me in that way with somebody else? You shouldn't be thinking yeah. about me in that way with anyone, even if I had a boyfriend or a husband or whatever. Why would you think about me in that way? And then when you relate it back to that, they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. So it's like, why is there this stigma when you do date the opposite sex or somebody or, or someone non, non-binary? I mean, you don't think like this, obviously. So we're not going to know the answer to that question, but it's... It's a really interesting thing. It's like, why do people kind of jump to me being in bed with somebody? Right. It's, I, it's very strange. It is strange. And, you know, I think uh, some of that is internalized as well. And I, I definitely had some of that when I was trying to come out. And I had this really good friend who was straight. And, you know, I was still trying to, during that period of, you know, when I when I realized that, okay, I have to either come out to myself or, or just, you know, or not, uh, I, I asked him, he was straight, like, okay, what about girls do you like, you know, yes. what is it? Uh, and, you know, we were pretty good friends, so I was actually pretty open with him, tell me, like, yeah. you know, and then I was like, I went straight to sex, and he was like, well, I, I just, the thing that I like about girls is that they're girls, and, you know, that, like, rang a bell, yeah. and I was like, oh, well, that explains it, you know, I mean, it's, the whole thing about, you know, being gay is, it's not just that, it's, it's not just sexual part of it, you actually fall in love with a guy. Exactly. It's a feeling. It's with the personality and everything. It's a feeling, yes. Yes. Okay, great. So I think we're about ready to wrap up, right? Yeah, thank you guys. That was a... That was an amazing uh, presentation. Go ahead and uh, drop your links for your podcast where we can find you. Okay, great. um, And then we'll uh, go ahead and end the broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Nakedandinsideout.com, N-A-K-E-D-A-N-D-I-N-S-I-D-E-O-U-T.com. And then if you want to let our listeners know where they can reach you, if they want to talk to you. Sure. Uh, I'm not very frequent on Twitter, but uh, you can reach me at S-E-R-A-B-H on Instagram or email me s.s.m-a-d-a-n at gmail.com. Okay, great. All right. Thank you so cool. much. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for participating in nice. International Podcast Day 2016. Very, very happy with the conversation you guys provided us. We're going to have the replays up at the end of the event. So uh, those will be available for your friends and your listeners to to go over there and check out. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Have a good All one. Right. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks. Bye.